हेलो ते रोहिणी पाटिल मैम दिस इज नादिया फ्रॉम जेन ऑन को डॉट आई ओ एंड लव हील्स कैंसर we guide cancer patients on adopting an integrative oncological treatment approach we help them find the balance between medical treatment and complementary treatment approaches we help patients with our lab experts oncologists nutritionists and other healthcare professionals who work as a team so that the best treatment outcome is given to the patient and today we have dr rohini patel who is a gynecologist and she's also been so many other things like a chief surgeon a lecturer a medical officer associate professor cancer awareness speaker and a mentor for over 25 years ma'am it is such an honor to be talking to you it's such an honor that you have taken the time out from your busy schedule to come and talk to us today and with october being the breast cancer awareness month ma'am is also a breast cancer survivor and i can't think of anybody else better to come and share with us the podium today over to you ma'am hello nadia thank you so much for having me on this platform i am so glad i'm so glad to be with zenonko and love hills cancer uh, it's my privilege to be with you all thank you so much ma'am thank you let's move on to the question and question and answer session ma'am Yeah, sure. Definitely. So, my first question is about prosthetics, ma'am. Uh, you being a part of a movement called Knitted Knockers Nagpur, I would like to know how you use prosthetics, where to buy them, what is it exactly, ma'am? Could you please share your insights on it, ma'am? Yes, uh, it's uh, Knitted Knockers uh, India. and uh, these are uh, these knitted knockers are handcrafted breast processes and uh, during my awareness sessions and my screening programs i uh, got to meet so many survivors and uh, during these sessions i could find that so many were you know affected by the mastectomy they have undergone mastectomy affects a person a survivor uh, physically mentally psychologically emotionally you know uh, these uh, they have a, a impact on their uh, psychological setup they have a negative uh, body image uh, they also seclude themselves from uh, social gatherings they you know uh, they have a postural problems i got to meet a person uh, who was from a tribal area and she was working in farm and uh, she had all inhibitions going to the farm because other workers in the farm used to look at her and she used to feel embarrassed because she didn't had one breast but then she didn't had any option and what uh, she did is she placed a um, bamboo basket to create the mount there uh, instead of the breast and when i met her she had just a simple complaint that ma'am i have got an injury mujhe yahan pe uh, zakham ho gayi hai so when i talked to her and then i knew that she had placed a bamboo basket although she had covered the edges with a cloth but then uh, that had caused an abrasions i could heal that wound physically but then i was so disturbed that how can i appeal the emotional hurt that she is having the psychological hurt she is having trauma she is going through uh, 
one other lady who had come down to meet me through during one of my camps she had secluded herself 8 months she had not come out of the house for 8 months because she was not aware of any option that would make her comfortable so now that you see that uh, people are not aware people don't have an option and financial constraints so uh, that was the thing which was going in my mind that how can i help these all and bring comfort confidence i would say dignity and again back a smile on their face so that is how it all started and uh, i got to meet uh, get in connection with uh, bob demorest who's a founder of knitted knockers organization in us i learned how to knit and how to crochet and uh, that is how uh, it all started that knitting and crocheting uh, we started making these kinds of uh, breast processes and this is a knitting one this filled up with polyfiber and this is a crochet one so this is also filled with polyfiber and uh, most important everybody uh, should understand that each and every survivor is different the requirements are different so are the processes required by the survivors are different the traditional breast processes which were available till now are available i would say um cannot be customized according to the individual needs but this processes can be customized by the user according to the need because if suppose if the uh, upper fullness of the breast is reduced so you can adjust the polyfiber to reduce the upper fullness okay this which is seen in the survivors who are who have lost weight or who are aging so this is how one can customize the processes it is soft soft Uh, against the post operative skin it is breathable this is washable and this can be used sooner than the traditional breast processes after the surgery so this has got an advantage and if suppose one wants to weigh it more compared to the other breast you can add a coin or a weight inside the polyfiber you have to remove the polyfiber wash it and then again place the polyfiber inside it and most important the financial constraints are taken care these processes are given free of charge to each and every one who needs it we always say that we gift the processes to one who needs it that is what is in short about knitted knockers india the knitted knockers and what we are doing Little Knockers India is a group of volunteers which is spread all over India. We do have a center at Bangalore. We are coming with in Pune. We do have it in Delhi. Now we are have going to have a center at Kathmandu and Ranjangao, and we do have volunteers from Dubai. But then we are volunteers are all over India, and we send the processes all over India free of charge. So that is how. Little Knockers India is trying to make. the breast cancer survivors comfortable confident dignified to have a smile on their face yes ma'am it is so good what you just said you know to not just give them the prosthetic you're gifting them the prosthetic here is a gift for you so they know that it is not something everything needs to be paid because financial constraints is one big big concern 
when it comes to this isn't it isn't it so yes and these are you know beautiful comes in a various colors to pep your mood you know it, it is not something you know you see it and you feel happy it comes in various sizes various colors and they are beautiful people love it people love it so much yes ma'am definitely but when it comes to the importance of having regular sonography or mammography how often do you think it should be done mammography and sonography screening really plays a very important role uh nadia everybody is aware that the uh, best prevention is early diagnosis we don't have any vaccination for breast cancer but then uh, breast protection not prevention best protection is early detection we cannot prevent breast cancer but yes uh, we can uh, have a very good protection uh, towards if suppose we have an early detection and regular screening goes a long way in helping to have early detection when the lump or a nodule is not palpable in that stage if suppose we detect it then we have a treatment option which would be really uh, giving us an effective and a successful outcome and that is why it is very important to have a regular breast screening and i would always advise that each and everyone above 20 years of age should be having a breast self examination it is very important to know what is breast self uh, examination because until and unless one knows what is normal for yourself you will not be able to know what is going wrong with yourself you should know how you breast feels how it looks what is the contour and then and then only you would be able to point out if suppose there is some change in your breast feel or the contour or the nipple uh, level and that way you will be able to so breast self examination after 20 years of age and preferably on 7th or 8th day of menses and one who are postmenopausal should fix up one day of the month to examine themselves and same is for pregnant ladies they should also not miss having the breast self examination and then comes to sonomammography or mammography so there are so many uh, studies and uh, uh, schedules uh, put forward but then after 40 years of age each and every uh, female should undergo a screening mammography i minded i'm saying screening mammography and diagnostic mammography is different screening mammography when you don't have any complaints and you are going in for a screening of uh, for mammography that is called as screening mammography and this has to be done every year from beginning from 40 years of age but yes we can offer the mammography before 40 years of age in case the patient is high risk we can do it sonomammography at the age of 30 years i'm adding sonography also to it because the younger breasts are more dense and then few of the lesions are not seen on mammography which are seen on sonography so that is where the son sonography plays a role so we offer them sonomammography and after the age of 55 years we can do the mammography every 2 years up to the age of 75 years you can uh, you can understand uh, the importance when you know that 
Four millimeters nodule is also detected by mammography. So that is where the importance of uh, uh, regular screening is there. If you go in for regular screening, the size of the nodule or the lump of uh, the breast, whatever we detect is so small, and the smaller the nodule, earlier the diagnosis, better are the results for the treatment. So that is where the regular screening plays a very, very important role in breast cancer diagnosis and thereafter the treatment outcomes. Right, ma'am. It's always uh, early detection is always our goal, number one, right? The earlier we detect it, yes. the better. Right, ma'am. So coming to radiation exposure during mammograms, how can that lead to cancer? Uh, no, that is a myth that a radio, uh, radio, uh, radiation exposure during mammography would cause uh, malignancy in the breast. No, uh, one should understand that the amount of radiation which we are exposed during mammography is very low and it is in the medical limits. One, can, one should understand that the environment around us the background radiation is also there. And one mammo, the two months background, uh, background radiation is equivalent to one mammography exposure. And we are doing it once a year. And radiation exposure is around the year. So the benefits of mammography outweigh the radiation exposure, which is although in a, in a medical uh, limits. So... Radiation from mammography is not absolutely not for uh, creating a malignancy in the breast. It is always beneficial to us helping in early detection. Right, ma'am. Coming to skin care products containing paraben, containing other sorts of chemicals. Could these things lead to breast cancer? How would we avoid it? Because it's an everyday product. It's a daily use product. Yes, uh, parabens are uh, there in absolutely each and every product what we are using, the shampoos, the soaps, the conditioners, the face lotion, you know, and cosmetics. This is uh, content of all these. And these parabens are applied to skin and these have a weak estrogenic activity. Estrogen is an hormone, female hormone. And this estrogen causes more proliferation of breast tissue and it uh, causes some uh, changes which are called as mutagenic changes. And therefore, it increases the risk of having breast cancer. And these parabens, they are said to have a weak estrogenic activity. And it has been said that if we apply it to skin, then also from skin, these parabens are absorbed. And we find these parabens in breast tissue. If you the examination is done and these parabens are found unaltered in breast tissue and therefore these parabens, they increase the chances of having the risk of having breast cancer. And a very uh, simple way is you have to check the contents of the products you are using. The products which are you uh, having the paraben as it's one of its content, you should avoid them. That, that is that simple. You go through the contents, you find it, don't use it. Right, ma'am. Um, 
how do we go about finding the right products for us just by simply avoiding paraben uh, containing products is it yeah that is one of the thing that you have to see what preservative it is it is one of the preservatives like you have to go through the chart what it is having and then you can always uh, go for a uh, Uh, herbal products also, but then in herbal products also you have to check it. So it's it's always that you you need to check what you are using. Don't go for blindly that this product is good. No, you have to check for yourself. Right, ma'am. It's always better to know than you know just use something blindly. Right. Um, coming to obesity, ma'am. Obesity and breast cancer. Could you explain to us how both are connected, ma'am? obesity is considered to be a risk factor for development of breast cancer it also affects the prognosis it also affects the recurrence it also affects the survival and it also affects the uh, metastasis so now you find that right from uh, the risk of having breast cancer and then up to the survival each and everything is affected by uh, obesity first and foremost one should know when we speak of obesity what are we speaking about we are speaking about absolutely exactly the fat percentage in the body the fat percentage the obesity when we talk about obesity we are always referring to the fat percentage in our body generally it is said that uh, obese person is uh, one who overweight and obese is about 25 bmi bmi is a criteria in which includes body weight as well as height in meters but then there is a limit to this bmi because there are two person one person is having more of a body uh, fat and other is having more of a muscle mass but the weight is going to be the same the height is going to be the same so here nowhere fat content is being taken care of when you talk about bmi so body fat percentage uh, when we determine that is more accurate to say about the risk of breast cancer fat cells are said to have an enzyme called aromatase and this enzyme helps in production of estrogen generally this estrogen is produced by ovaries and instead of ovaries this fat one more source is there for us to have estrogen and that is fat we called it as extra gonadal source gonads are ovaries extra gonadal source of estrogen is fat more fat cells more estrogen and more estrogen more risk of having breast cancer because as i told you these estrogen they stimulate proliferation and mutagenesis of the cells so that is why obesity does play a very important role and most important this is a modifiable factor you can modify it by your exercise routine by your diet you can keep in control obesity that means a fat percentage of your body that is how you can help yourself reducing the risk of breast cancer right ma'am it is in our control our weight is in our control right we we make the choice there to be the more fitter person yeah. right yeah 
Yes. Ma'am, over to my next question. Uh, types of surgeries when it comes to breast cancer. Would you elaborate for us on that, ma'am? Yes. Uh, types of surgeries, uh, first and foremost, very basic we would go is uh, either a mastectomy, that is removal of complete breast. We go in for radical mastectomy or there is a lumpectomy or also called as breast conservation surgeries. In case of mastectomy, the breast in total is removed, but there are options as skin sparing um, mastectomy so that the skin is kept intact so that when you go in for reconstruction this amount of skin which is left behind accommodates the implant which is being uh, put inside or uh, you can be having nipple sparing so that it gives more natural look to the post-op breast which has been created after reconstruction and then there is lumpectomy where you just remove the lump only this is not done in advanced cases. It can be done only if, suppose, you have an early diagnosis. You remove the lump and that is conserve the breast. That is breast conservation surgery. And along with it, the lymph nodes from the axillary area are sampled. This lymph nodes, uh, the lymphatic drainage of breast is to the axillary group of lymph nodes. And they have to be sampled to know whether the breast cancer has gone down to the axillary area. So there are two types. One is sentinel lymph node biopsy because if you remove more number of lymph nodes, you are more at risk of developing lymphedema, which is a negative sickly of breast cancer and breast cancer-related treatment. You have a swelling in uh, chest, breast, back, also the arm and the hand and up to the fingers you have and then that is a very uh, disfiguring and disabilitating uh, condition so less number of lymph nodes removed you are having uh, decreasing the chances of having lymphedema breast cancer related lymphedema so sentinel lymph node biopsy is done and in that if suppose you find that the lymph nodes are involved or there is a deposition of breast cancer cells in the lymph nodes, you may go in for axillary lymph node dissection. That is, you remove more number of lymph nodes in the axilla, which is required. But then uh, sometimes uh, we directly go in for axillary lymph node dissection. So these are mastectomy, radical uh, mastectomy, modified radical mastectomy, along with sentinel lymph node biopsy or axillary lymph node biopsy. And uh, we have uh, breast conservation surgery, lumpectomy, along with sentinel lymph node biopsy or axillary lymph node biopsy. Once we finish with it, people do want to get back to their previous normal. They, they need to have the breast reconstructed. So there are either it would be one step that is uh, immediately they go in for a reconstruction or there is a sec uh, two stage when they go after the some time, they go in for the reconstruction. Uh, the expanders are placed in uh, the area where the surgery was done. They create a place there and then the implants are put or they use their own tissues like the fat from the glutes or the lower abdomen and then the, the flat, uh, fat trans, uh, transplantation is there or they use the latissimus dorsi, that is the uh, muscle which is on the side of, uh, we use that we remove and we place that muscle at the level of the breast or 
from the flap is also taken from abdomen. This is what is a reconstruction surgery. Uh, I always wanted to mention it because it does it does come in the breast cancer and one should know about it. So this is what is first is treatment part and then whatever the plastic surgery, um, people want to be comfortable, yes, it is needed. And few of them, they don't opt for the reconstruction because they don't want to go in for another surgery or if you are not able to go in for it, they opt for the external breast processes. So these are the surgeries in short which are involved in treatment of breast cancer and thereafter. No, no, I'm not able to hear you. Right, ma'am. Sorry. Sorry about that. I was just saying that it was a very detailed answer. There were so many things that I myself did not know. You know, very detailed answer about the different types of surgeries, ma'am. Yes. Coming to my next question, ma'am. Um, when we talk about pregnancy and breast cancer treatment, how can we make that happen when it comes to pregnancy and pregnant women? Yes. Uh Breast cancer can occur in pregnancy and generally it is more common between 32 to 38 years of age and generally one in uh, around uh, 3,000 pregnancies can have breast cancer developing during pregnancy and uh, it is very obvious that it is very difficult to palpate the lump or a nodule because the breasts are already in, under the effect of uh, hormones and they are into preparation for lactation the breast development is there and then it is very difficult for one to palpate the nodule or a lump and uh, early detection sometimes we miss the early detection of breast malignancy but then yes they do have uh, breast malignancy during pregnancy and the treatment depends upon the stage of the um, malignancy when it is detected secondly uh, the trimester of pregnancy in which trimester it was detected uh, for first and second trimester of pregnancy, mastectomy is the option of the surgery. And uh, yes, uh, chemotherapy, we are not able to give in first trimester. But then yes, second and third trimester, we do have a chemotherapeutic agents which can be given. Radiation therapy, uh, no. Uh, that is not uh, given. Uh, but then in third trimester, if you can go in for breast conservation surgery. And after breast conservation surgery, we have to give radiation to the breast. So you can go in for the surgery in third trimester as a breast conservation surgery and the radiation can be given after you deliver. You can always administer the chemotherapy in the third trimester. Uh, second trimester, first trimester, you avoid it. There are specific drugs which we can give. And breast cancer itself doesn't harm the baby. Okay. In first trimester, if you give uh, chemotherapy, which is, uh, but then it is, you cannot give, it is contraindicated. You can undergo surgery and later on you can go in for when you go in, into second trimester, you can take the chemotherapeutic agents and then uh, you can uh, go on with the pregnancy. So that is the difference uh, in surgery. Yes, in third trimester, you can go in breast conservation surgery. For first and second trimester, you go in for radical mastectomy. And first trimester, no chemotherapy. And uh, in second and third trimester, you can go in for chemotherapy. That is how it is managed. But then it is not that that you are pregnant, then your prognosis is bad. No, 
but then uh, the stage of detection is very important uh, right ma'am because during a a pregnancy one has to be there there could be a lot of complications that could occur and the treatment plan has yes. to has to take place according to that is little tricky for a doctor from a doctor's perspective yeah absolutely for an anesthesiologist also the general anesthesia does has its uh, uh, you know does play a role there and uh, also the hormonal therapy we cannot give during pregnancy it has to be started after the patient delivers that is one more option for breast cancer treatment right ma'am right got it coming to uh, one of my last questions ma'am uh, how do we differentiate between the breast tissue and the lump we talked so much about early detection most of the time people say that we thought it was a breast tissue yes uh, it can be the other way also so many times the patients they come to the clinic and they say that yes they have got a nodule and on examination we find that there is no nodule or no lump generally the breast they feel lumpy but then there is a way how to examine and how to see for whether you have got a lump and that is where the breast self examination plays a role and if suppose you feel that you have got a lump you should be seeing the breast and examining it with the flat of the fingers the flat of the fingers are to be placed on the breast and the tissue should be moved against the ribs and that is where you can differentiate between the lumpiness of the breast and the lump or a nodule when you move the breast tissue against the ribs you very clearly palpate a lump or a nodule and the breast tissue will you will not be finding the lumpiness when you press it with the flat of the fingers there is where you can differentiate between the lumpiness of the breast and the nodule generally one who comes with the complaint of having a lump and we don't find a lump they are what they are doing they are holding the breast tissue like this whoever holds the breast tissue like this would find a chunk of the breast tissue there and would feel that yes this is a lump okay that that is how we can differentiate between the lumpiness of the breast and the lump or a nodule right ma'am um most of all that confusion happens i think uh, with people who have not known what uh, that that kind of self examination we all need to have that awareness of self examination isn't it yes right ma'am um coming to my last question ma'am how do you think zenonco.io is working towards the betterment of patients when it comes to breast cancer and any other cancer as well yes uh in a single word uh you know uh, if i have to say zen onco and love hills cancer is being with the patients the survivors the caregivers in a holistic way i'm telling you tremendous support right from the diagnosis through the treatment through the awareness about the diagnosis through the awareness about the treatment being with them you know they understand that yes patient as well as the caregivers they need lot of psychological support and that is where you know zeng aunko and lavil's cancer is making a difference absolutely they are with them in anything you know if suppose the patient wants to uh, a second opinion yes zeng aunko is there it's 
totally supports the decision and respects the decision of the patient. They support them to have a second opinion. They make them aware of what the treatment is, what is going to be then, what they have to expect after treatment. Also, the alternative treatments, if suppose they want to go, um, I have seen that Zenonko gives them a complete insight into what the alternative treatments are and how they can go ahead. But at the same time, they tell them that, yes, you have to be with the time-tested uh, uh, medicines and the treatment line of treatment, but then, yes, you can try these all. Nutrition, how the nutrition makes a difference. All uh, what you should be uh, doing um, or what you should not be doing during the treatment. Also, uh, very important, the intermittent fasting is also being addressed by Zen Onco and Love Heals Cancer. Fantastic. You name it and they are with you and they, they tell you. Absolutely amazing work. Amazing work. In total, holistic. That is what I would say. I am I am so, so thankful to Zen Onko uh, and also Love Hills Cancer. And yes, I cannot miss saying I am so thankful to Dimple Parmar. She is doing such a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Hats off to the team. Hats off to the team. And I am, I am really thankful that I am, uh, they have given me a chance to be with them. Absolutely. I feel privileged. I feel blessed to be with you. Thank you so much, ma'am. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You, you, you had such a busy schedule today. And yes, you took the time off to talk to us. And these kind words are such a good, encouraging factor for us. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you for talking to us today. Have a great day ahead. Keep, keep on inspiring us as a doctor, as a survivor. You are doing the work out there that I think you're unique. So it's very, it's very essential that people see and look up to someone like you as a doctor and as a survivor. The information that you have shared with us have definitely answered so many questions. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And take care. Love you. You too, ma'am. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a great day ahead.